Have you ever been in that place where you asked the Lord, maybe from your heart, and you say, God, are you listening? Uh, we all have come uh, to that point, maybe some of the darkest points in our life where our, from our hearts we wonder, is God really listening? This is not a new challenge for believers. It's been around since ancient times. And uh, this is something that the prophet Isaiah himself have to deal with the people. Uh, and it might be hard to believe, but even at a time of desperation where we are trying to do our best to get God's attention and have Him listen to us, we might not realize it, but even then at that moment, our religion might be a me-focused religion. This is where a time like Lent uh, is helpful for us. Uh, a time like Lent that starts today with Ash, Ash Wednesday, when we get to focus and um, reorient our hearts uh, to what does it really mean to be a Christian, to prepare ourselves to consider the cross and also the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and we do so by entering uh, through an observation of repentance and to really look into our hearts so that we may not be about this me-focused religion. I'm going to read uh, verse 5 from Isaiah 58. And we're going to see how, uh, even in Lent and through this passage, we can learn a little bit more about this uh, practice and also how to do it right. Even as Isaiah questions a religious practice of fasting um, uh, in terms of God's people. Verse 5 of 58 says, "In such Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Will you call this a fast in a day acceptable to the Lord? And clearly, even uh, as we read that, we can see how the focus of Isaiah is for people not to just do this external practice, but to do it in, um, in, in synchronize it with their hearts, hearts that are truly seeking to repent. But what is repentance? We think of repentance at its basic level is this idea of recognizing our faults, recognizing that uh, we are responsible to look at someone uh, and say, I am, it, it is my fault that we are in this place. But of course, we resist repentance. That becomes very difficult. Why? Why is it that repentance can be so hard, so awkward for us? I think one of the reasons why it is so is because we separate grace and guilt from repentance. We separate grace and guilt from repentance. For repentance without grace is not a safe place. Repentance without grace is not a place where we want to be. We would only be exposing ourselves and we would know uh, we would have to pay for it. But in the same time, Repentance without guilt cheapens grace. And it makes uh, grace something that is not as um, something that we need so desperately. So we cannot in repentance separate grace and guilt. We know we need those things to come together so that we avoid our religion being a me-focused religion so that we're not about passing the test or how am I doing compared to others or how am I measuring up? 
For this me-focused religion, when repentance is away from guilt and grace, that subverts the gospel. And rather than bringing us to Christ, it draws us away from the Lord. Uh, because only with those two are with repentance, grace and guilt, then repentance is redeeming. Then it leads us somewhere uh, that is not just a place of guilt and death, but a place of life. Repentance shows us how we are dying to live in that way. And in fact, repentance then becomes a powerful thing, a helpful thing, an important thing that redeems, that uh, reorients our heart, our homes, our relationships, and we need it. But of course, when we think of uh, religious practices, um, they're also a danger um, and a challenges that come with that especially if we don't do it with repentant hearts. And we ask questions like, what is the point? Why would I uh, invest myself in this religious practice, whether it's prayer, fasting, or receiving ashes on our Ash Wednesday? How is this helpful? Well, in verse 3, Isaiah quotes the people. They're complaining before the Lord. The way they were using fasting, he quotes it to them so that uh, they can listen uh, and hear how they sound, and then he puts it in context. Verse 3, he says, Why have we fasted, and you see it not? Again, this is the people complaining to God about their prayers and their fasting. Why have we fasted, and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, says Isaiah, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. And that's that me-focused religion. So it's like the people were asking, what is the point? Uh, and it's like at times when we wonder if God is listening, uh, as we try to do our very best uh, to get Him to listen to us, whether it's through prayer or any of these disciplines, or even on Ash Wednesday, um, we are tempted to ask, what is the point? And of course, um, that brings us to this point. Why do we do Ash Wednesday? How is this helpful so that we don't fall in the trap that God's people, which Isaiah was ministering to, uh, fell into? Um, the first thing I want us to see is that what the ashes symbolize. The ashes do not symbolize victory or uh, religious success. The ashes symbolize actually failure. It, it symbolizes that guilt. That part of guilt that comes with repentance. When we're marked with, an a with ashes, we're marked with judgment. Uh, we recognize the effects and brokenness of, of sin in the world and in myself, and even God's judgment that comes with that. It was God the Father Himself who, after the fall, He judged Adam and said, You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Is that dust, those ashes that announce and speak to that very challenge um, of our rejection of the effects and the consequences and the seriousness of sin and how that enslaves us. But actually, uh, there's something else to keep in mind. So that we remember that when we are wearing the ashes, we're not saying, look at me, I'm a religious success story or uh, look at me, how well I'm doing. But actually, we are saying, I am a rebel. I bear this curse. 
I'm part of the walking wounded in this broken world. There's nothing showy about that, nothing to boast about it. We're not getting a check mark on our foreheads, but rather a cross. And that brings us to the second point. What is it about this Ash Wednesday? It's not just the ashes, but it's the shape of the ashes in a cross. And while um, the ashes may point to our guilt uh, and the judgment and the curse of sin, the cross actually points to victory and to hope. And this is the amazing thing about the cross, that God would redeem such a, um, a terrible uh, tool of uh, de death and judgment and use it to redeem His people, to redeem those He's calling from the world. So there, in that sense, it's a glorious cross that even if we choose to do so today, we would bear. We would um, bear in our foreheads. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So there's more than death to the cross. It's an exchange. It's, it was a place where God saw Christ and treated Him as if He had lived the life that we have lived. So that now He may see us and treat us as if we have lived the Christ, the life that Christ lived in our behalf. So we're not just saved by His death. We're saved by His life. That righteousness where in the cross our sins were imputed to Him and His righteousness is imputed to us. That's why the cross is hope, is victory, is love for us. So when we look at the practice itself, how should we think of Lent and Ash Wednesday? Well, really that is up to each one of you. But if you receive them or not this day, you just need to know that it needs to be a gospel-centered practice and tool by which you say to the world, I'm dying to live that we might deepen in repentance and have a greater, greater awareness of the hope, the victory, of the power of the cross. Isaiah said it this way, verses 8 and 9, chapter 58, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer, you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. So that if you ever wonder or ask, is God listening to me? That a day like today will remind you that he, in fact, already has. Because we are dying to live. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that you are faithful. And that a day like today, that it would be um, something that would drive us uh, not to our own religiosity, but actually to the cross. And that we could, one way or another, above all things, announce to the world that indeed sin and its brokenness is real in us and in this world as much as the hope and power and love that we have received and grace in the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. For in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.